Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to episode 358 of Weekly Games Chat. Uh, my name is Sean and, and this is a games uh, podcast. It's actually the world's greatest podcast about video games, if you were wondering. Uh, we also stream this episode, at least the recording of it, live on twitch.tv. And that would be backslash weekly games chat, where you can see our ugly faces as we do so and meet some really cool people uh, that are hanging out in the chat. And and we do have a, a new follower today, so I don't get to do this a lot. Thanks for the follow. Hi, himself. It's good to see you and everyone else in the Twitch chat. So next time as you listen to this, why don't you come join and say, hey, I uh, I don't roll solo. I am here with uh, my friends. It's it's actually good to be back. I know. I think you guys missed us last week, and it feels really good to be here today. Um, I got to go to Chris first because that's what we got to do. Chris, hello and welcome to the show, bud. Hey, everybody. I uh, I went to steak night last week, so that was great. It was really steak. like dude at CBC does a thing every Tuesday where if you bring your steak, he'll cook it for you. And I got to say... He knows how to season and cook his steaks because it was delicious. Oh yeah, yeah. for the for the new the new listeners, they may not know this, but you have a local hangout spot where you kind of know about these sorts of things. I remember sitting with you at one of them, and and your dad is actually cool with the people as well, and they were back there frying up some crab patties. Oh yeah, uh, that that's good. It, I think that's sort of a cool thing to have that hookup, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a local spot and everything. Uh, but once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We John is here too, uh, but currently I can't welcome him because he took a. a it looked like a very important phone call. Uh, here so, you can just just I'll do it. It's fine. You okay? John, hey, John, welcome to the show. Uh, hi, I'm John. Uh, I hate Jeff Keeley. I hate Jade <laughs> Raymond. I hate Indians. Rocky is great, and um, you know, I'm the person that likes. Uh, the Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker, but I hate Last Jedi. I'm John. Empire Strikes Back sucks. <laughs> oh my! So yeah, so that I mean that's that's not far from like what John would say. To be honest, uh, you brought a lot of movies up there, Chris, and I. Um, I kind of. Uh, heg, heg. Okay, I'm getting. I'm sorry. I got total squirreled because I got corrected. Uh, it's. Heg himself. Yeah. Not egg. I mean, sorry. Or, wait, never mind. Said hi. Sean, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to shut up because Chris saw the top guns. And I, I think he's going to tell us his thoughts on those. I did. I went back to the danger zone. Um, and uh, can I say the way this movie opens as someone who had also recently watched the original, if it didn't say Maverick below top gun, when the credit came up, you would literally think for about the first five minutes of this movie, they just put the DVD in for Top Gun because it is a shot for shot recreation <laughs> of the opening of Top Gun. You know, March 3rd, 1969, the United States, you know, uh, Naval Academy formed the blah, blah, blah. Then, you know, all of a sudden, hey, here's Jets and Kenny Loggins and they're taking off <laughs> from aircraft carriers. But, um, but no, I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I think we first kind of got some vibes. This movie could be good when we uh, saw Dr. Strange and we saw that preview for it, that extended preview. And we were all like, oh, that actually looked pretty good. But um, 
once we actually, or when I got there and started watching, I was very, very, very surprised. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the few movies I could say that today I'd be like, go see this in the theater. And it's also very refreshing given that, you know, the only types of movies lately, it feels like you can say that for are big CGI movies. And from my understanding, probably about 80 to 90% of the aerial shots in this are all, you know, actual stunts filmed. Um, you know, is captured. Tom Cruise actually a pilot now? Yeah. Yeah. He apparently <laughs> flew a lot in this. Um, but, um, you know, it was, it, it felt like the original top gun, which there are things I love about it for what it was just where it's like, it's the most eighties thing, right? It's probably the most eighties <laughs> Tom Cruise movie that was ever made. You know, not yeah. so much rain man or color of money or anything like that, but days of thunder. Yeah. Like days of thunder and, and top gunner, they kind of <laughs> exist in a world that only, you know, we're, we're having a I, volley, I too recently watched, I too recently scene. watched the, the 86 top gun. Oh God. And the beach scene with the volleyball. And I'm going, who plays volleyball on the beach in jeans with no belt? Right. It, it's just like, <laughs> why are they doing this? Why did we need this like, in this film? Um, but um, no, like they actually, they have a similar scene in this, but like, whereas before, right. There was no reason they were just playing like here. They actually gave it a purpose and it was kind of cool. I was like, okay, well, that's, that's a cool spin on this. Like it felt like the grown up movie, like kind of addressing, even like, hey, you know how Maverick kind of just does what he likes? The Navy doesn't like that. <laughs> and that might have an effect on Maverick's career and such. Um, yeah, I definitely yeah. want to go see it because you're, you know, mm -hmm. you saw it. It's good. I keep hearing that it's great. And I also keep hearing that you have to watch it in a movie theater. I got to ask you a question. And this comes from chat. Uh, shout out to Punkhead for this question. More <laughs> importantly, uh, did Lady Gaga. Does Lady Gaga have a Top Gun hit on her hands? I do not know. I do okay. not. I do not listen to that song. It's not actually in the movie. I believe it's in the end credits. End credits? Yeah, but there is no... There's no uh, Righteous Brothers, you know. There's no yeah. loss-loving feeling. There is There is another throwback. I won't spoil. I'll let you get that as uh, as you watch it. But, you know, it's a nice mix. Like, it's not all nostalgia, but it also has, you know, some stuff where you're like, Oh, that's cool. They put that in there, you know, and I like that. that yeah. Mm -hmm. Some good. I, I, I like when they throw it back. I also like that Netflix, uh, kind of let people watch it to get ready for the movie. Um, mm -hmm. if you, I think at this point, like today's uh, the last by the time you, you hear it. this, yeah. like from your podcast source, wherever you get that from, cause you know, we're everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's going to be too late. You can't watch it on Netflix anymore. Yeah. So, so that kind of, sorry about that. Hell uh, speaking of spoilers, on. chat, don't read chat. <laughs> well, they show them in the trailer. Oh, they, they did. Yeah. They show them in the trailer. Oh, like, I, didn't, I didn't even they catch don't that. If show, they, did. they don't show him, but they show a picture of him in the trailer, I believe. Um, oh yeah. It, it wasn't something that was hidden. You know, he's, I got you. So we can say the question that was asked that I thought was a spoiler was how does Val Kilmer look? And we're not going to really comment on that. You have to see that for yourself. They uh, they work around it very well, and with um, a lot of touch. Spoilers, yeah. too much. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome back, John. You've already introduced yourself. 
I did. I don't you know did. if you know this, but you did. <laughs> but how are you doing, John? It's good to see you, man. I'm good. Sorry about that. When you immediately said, welcome <laughs> yeah. to Weekly Games Chat. Somebody <laughs> ring, ring, work. ring. Banana phone. <laughs> We've got this huge event in Colorado huge. Springs this week. Huge. And huge. a lot of our folks are flying in. And, and I got a call from one of my coworkers going, hey, did we get so-and-so a car to get them from Denver to Colorado Springs? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me check. But I did. You did get the car. You did I mess already up. Did. I did. Nice. Well, like as we were it's saying, not ladies, it's not John's fault. As we were saying, um, as we were saying, you know, your Netflix cut off for Top Gun was May thirty first. So if you hear this on actual podcast day, you're too late. John's what's still going to be on Netflix? Do you is, need the need is, speed? What still is on Netflix is Stranger Things, and although you know it's still number one. In the United States, it may be number one as far as what people are watching on the world. I think it's I kind of is most, it. It's the most watched premiere like of a new season or whatever they've had of anything. Yeah, it's it's big. It's huge. huge. Uh, I I just started kind of watching it. I, I kind of eased into it. Uh, well, last night I stayed up till. So I let me let me stop. I had heard that, and this is not a spoiler, that this season for whatever reason is giving people a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. And I knew what they meant by that. There wasn't going to be like, you know, Freddy uh-huh. in the in the show. Uh, hard swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I kind of knew what they meant by it. It was going to be kind of mind, you know, mind stuff. Right. And and yeah, so I, I stay up. <laughs> I stayed up pretty late. I think I have like three episodes left uh, in this season. And I, I look at the clock and it's like, Almost 1 a.m. I got I to gotta be at work in the morning, you know, at 8 o'clock sharp because, you know, my particular job, if I have, if I have work to do, I have to be there at 8 sharp. Uh, so I go lay down. I'm, I'm like, should I, should I like watch the Disney Channel or something before I fall asleep? You know, it started rocking with me a little bit. Well, then this morning during work, we're all like in a, in a Zoom or a WebEx type environment, right? And all of a sudden, I start hearing whispers <laughs> in the headphones I had on. And I literally, for like 30 seconds, was freaked out because the if you're familiar with these Zoom or WebEx meetings, the boxes tend to light up if somebody's talking. So you kind of know where the source is coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're familiar with Discord, it's the same way. How Discord turns green. Uh, nothing was lighting up. Hmm. And I have coworkers who I initially thought were going to completely, you know, F with me. So I was like, I got to ask them because if, if I'm the only one hearing these whispers, I'm about to be out, right? Well, luckily for me, they, uh, they said they also heard them and, and life was good. But I got some bonus news today. I didn't know this. Uh, in addition to what's currently on Netflix, and I am a comp- you would think I'd never known anything about Stranger Things. Uh, we're going to get two bonus episodes or two extra episodes in July. Did you guys know that? Yeah. Yeah. So I was the only one that didn't know that. That's fine. So I live, I live with that. Like, so it's like season four. What is it? Season four, part two. Yeah. But I think you're, like, just getting, you're just getting two episodes. Yeah. But they're going to be like, long though. Right. Yeah. They're like each like an hour and a half or hour and 45 minutes. They're basically movies. Yeah. I remember hearing that that, but for some reason I thought they were attached, like everything was together. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend tell me, "No, you're going to get more in July, so have fun." So we're probably going to be left on a cliffhanger 
And that's part of what that show's done. I don't know if you guys felt it. Maybe, and I, I say that not knowing the ending. Uh, Chris already knows the ending. I don't know if John does. I don't know the ending. I'm, oh, I have not watched oh, the new Stranger have, Things. <laughs> um, all, yeah, so, and so Sean, you're so, Sean. You're going to get more strange in July. I would. I would. Can I say I would love more strange in July? <laughs> uh, and I, and you guys are going probably thinking, wait, did you guys not watch Kenobi? Yeah, we watched Obi Wan Kenobi. We're just not going to talk about that yet. What about it? Yeah. About oh, it? quick shout out. Um, Thanks. Thanks. Better Chris. Better Call Saul had its mid season oh. finale for mm-hmm. its final season. One of the hardest cliffhangers I've had in a while. Uh, Speaking of cliffhangers, right? Yeah, and just I'm telling you, I don't know. I think you can watch the the most recent one on AMC Plus uh, with ads and all Beautiful. that kind of stuff. But Beautiful. if you if you have a way to watch it, if you haven't gotten caught up, now is the time to do it because this thing is firing on all cylinders. Like the end of that episode was a what the f moment, and you're like, okay, we're we are in the end game of this show. Okay, let's see where we're going. Yeah, because like like Chris has pointed out a lot, it's it's one of these things, guys, where we know what happened to Saul. Mm-hmm. Maybe you forgot how crazy what happened to Saul was, <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, it's pretty good. John, I I have I have short term memory issues apparently, John, because uh, I don't remember if you had something you wanted to bring to the intro or not, or if you're good. I'm good, totally yeah. good. Yeah, we uh, to totally good. We uh, your your input would be you could say what you said a minute ago about if you wanted to liking a same thing at the same time as Chris, it would be nice. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. If if the audience doesn't know, and and they probably know a good bit about it by now, you know they've heard me say that you know the Empire Strikes Back is an overrated film. They've heard me say this thing and that about the Star Wars franchise, but it always seems. That whenever Chris likes something Star Wars, I don't like it. I mean, we just react to Star Wars completely different. And that is the beauty. That is the beauty of Star Wars fandom. Mm -hmm. Aside from its toxicity and racism and homophobia. Not us, but, you know, in general out there, Mm -hmm. you know, Sean, that that kind of stuff, kind of stuff he pulls. I like jokes. That was a good one, John. I'm talking about, I'm I'm, I'm loving Obi-Wan Kenobi. I'm loving it. Now, somebody, I saw on Facebook uh, some meme about pointing out some sort of plot hole, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> that could be a plot hole. I'll tell you guys le- about it later. But, the one, oh, but Chris has got, you know, Chris has got his issues with, with some Obi-Wans. I'm and just, I'm, so chat, get them. No, I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> Did you just sick chat on them? I don't hate it yet. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I'm, I've. I've learned this about them. Give it time, right? Like don't judge it on two episodes. Wait till you get about three or four in, and then maybe start to see, is this going somewhere? Now, if we have an episode where the Mandalorian shows up and it's just about him for the whole episode, I'm probably going to throw a brick at a wall. Or <laughs> no, something. he didn't see. Um, and, and collectively, <laughs> I, I think for like myself, seeing characters that were once only animated, come mm-hmm. to life in a real live action the, the attention to detail that and I, of course i'm going to say this out loud that disney does on something right that's what's mind blowing to me i can't believe how spot like speaking of mandalorian i'm going to spoil something we saw ahsoka 
Yeah. She looked like Ahsoka. <laughs> Spared no expense. Um, but uh, the one thing I, that I did find funny with Kenobi, like the whole entire first part, when he's uh, just kind of living his life, right? And he gets on his, uh, his horse creature at the end of every day. I was like, he doesn't look like Obi-Wan Kenobi. He looks like he's in the freaking Fellowship. Because he's got like a blue tunic on <laughs> with a green cape coming off the back. I was All like looking for the little ring. leaf. To, yeah, I was looking for a little <laughs> leaf to be holding the cape. And I was like, man, we just totally be going to Middle Earth and we got to get to Mordor. Mordor. So we're, of course, chat and everybody listening, this is the part of the show we call the intro. We're about to wrap this up to get into the topic. Uh, but I have to squirrel for like a half a second just to remind you guys that at one point in my life, with uh my wife your wife yeah we were invited to a halloween party and it was supposed to be a dress up halloween party and i had gotten a lord of the rings costume hmm. and i needed to find the brooch if that's what that's called of the leaf i found yeah. it in the women's section at macy's i went to that expense that detail and we show up at the halloween party and we are literally the only two people dressed up. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I had a sword and a brooch. <laughs> it was it was amazing. So, hey, look, if that wouldn't happen, I wouldn't have that story, right? See, if yeah. you show up to a costume party not dressed up, you're good. No big deal. You show up to a not costume party dressed like the Riddler, <laughs> you're going to get some looks. <laughs> oh, that's good times. I actually have, uh, I have proof of the kind of stuff that Sean will do dress up. Uh, is this a Twitch exclusive? Yeah, this is about to be a Twitch exclusive. Oh, dear Lord. I don't have his Lord of the Rings, but this is the kind of stuff that he'll wear to a party uh, if you look at him. <laughs> I'm guessing this was that's like one. an 80s DJ's type. That was rate. 80s throwback DJ, DJ Haygood right there. Yeah. You Enjoy, chat. Enjoy. I will say this one thing <laughs> mm, about, about Obi-Wan. Mm. It could turn into an S show. It could. Because I can't think of a more delicate subject matter yeah. than, than in between um, Three and Revenge four. of the Sith and Episode 4. It's like you know you, you've got to deal with the you've got to deal with the dialogue that they that they have said in episode four. It's like when Vader is whispering under his breath, "I feel a presence, a presence I've not felt since." He didn't finish that sentence, mm -hmm. so it's like, well, I'll tell I've you right now, since ten years ago. <laughs> well, the thing is, on it, this is this is ten years after the events of episode three. They say it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So here's what I got. We know Luke Skywalker was like, what, 18, 17, 18 when, in New Hope? He wasn't 20s. He was in his teens. No. Yeah, he was like 16, 17, I thought. So in six to eight years, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, 19. He was 19. Okay. Was we'll give him nine years. He's got to age till he's 74. Because <laughs> I don't know if you know this, the Obi-Wan Kenobi from A New Hope was old AF. Yeah, it, that man. is like the one part that doesn't the, quite add up. The no, man, the desert does things to you. Uh-huh. 
Maybe maybe that'll be part of the plot. He'll have a battle here, and it will age him greatly, kind of like how Palpatine went from looking like a normal person to whatever he was at the end of Revenge. That may not be far <laughs> off that he has to use the Force in such a capacity. It drains his life force. That it drains him so much, and he forgets about it because he has no idea who Luke Skywalker is when, we, when he sees him in New Hope. <laughs> I think he did. I think he knew. Hello he there, young friend. <laughs> what drinks you out this? Far? Oh, I like that. I like that. Let's listen that here. Uh, Acid Sugar has a great theory. I'm going to repeat it. So if it's wrong, you can blame him, or if it's right, you can praise him. Acid's running theory is that the ability to eventually communicate with the dead—we won't say who—but if you're a Star Wars fan, you should know who he's maybe trying to commune with—will age him significantly. Hmm. I'll be interested <laughs> to see if he shows up. That'll be it. Yeah. uh, They say he's not. Yeah. I've heard things about. Yeah. There was also not going to be three Spider Mans. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) You never believe Disney. Never. Never. Yeah. All right. Ready to go to the topic, guys? Uh, If you guys are ready for a topic, Tam, Tam, Tam. Can't wait to hear what we're talking about. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, hello once again. Welcome to the topic time. Uh, I got to tell you from this end, it's hilarious. Once we are getting ready to say, I'm getting ready to say those words, and we're getting ready to do this thing. But if you uh, if you listen to the entire intro, and now you're here, hey, welcome. Thank you for doing that. If you don't really, you know, if you didn't feel the intro this week and you just came right to the time, you know, to topic time. Hey, you made it. We're all here. Uh, come on in. It's it's time to go. This is the topic time. I, when I start rambling like this, I know it's time to shut up so Chris can do his thing and introduce the topic time the proper way. The topic is Ghostwire Tokyo. <laughs> I feel like John, so see, this is a. This is going to be great because I feel like John is, he's low key, like he's put out some, uh, some press releases, right? About his review expectations. <laughs> so the countdown is what? Three minutes from now, John, and we're going to news. This is, this is the first preview of, from weekly well, game chat. John, I can tell you this. It'll be the best five minutes of, of life. None Kirby! Of that. <laughs> Kirby, 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 Kirby. <laughs> Oh, gosh. You know what's so funny to me? The topic, the intro topics, what should have been my intro topic, Sean? I don't think I told you this. This is important information. Yeah. Aiden broke both of his wrists. Oh, just. Yeah. I told him not to miss one. (laughs) But, you know, let's keep it 100. Mm -hmm. That's going to affect some things. I said, I said, Aiden, you can't do something for six weeks. Yeah. He's like, I can't rock climb. Thanks a lot, John. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant. Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. Oh, is he, is he, is he dealing with it? Okay. He, well, let's put it this way. So far it's okay, but he's, he's 16. He'll be 17 in a few weeks. He's got a car. He can't drive. 
He's got a job he can't go to. He's got a girlfriend. Well, the girlfriend will be fine. But yeah. <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> but you know, he's he's gonna he, he's gonna have a hard time with this for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Uh, uh that that one I'll I'll, I'll put it I'll, I will say um Clarissa ordered a uh bidet installment for our downstairs toilet. Oh, <laughs> nice. So just wanted to point that out. Have you used it yet? Um it's not here yet. I'll let you know. Dude, I need reviews on it because I want one bad. That'll be the that'll be my intro topic. We'll talk about we'll talk about my clean Kirby. Kirby. I'm just just imagining now you on the toilet and you go to use it and you just go Kirby, Kirby, Kirby. Uh, in chat, I do want to say what's up to uh, Core Chris. And the reason I want to bring up chat a few times is because we did take last week off for our summer break. Uh. And it's good to see you guys back so much. Uh, you welcomed us back. Thank you for showing up today during the live stream. Uh, and I'm doing that also for everyone who's not in the live stream to remind you, you could be here because it's cool here. But John has to talk about a game now, so I'll yeah. shut up. And I, and I only bring that up to the, the Aiden thing up to to say one. Hope you know. Hope you know. Hope he gets better quick. Uh, we'll know in a couple of weeks whether he needs to have surgery. It's a very long shot that he does. Um, He's young, but. It was a busy weekend because of that. Yeah. But I did get some quality time with this game. Definitely enough enough quality time to talk about it. And I got to say, this is where, this is the first game I've looked at on the PlayStation 5 where I went, oh, so that's ray tracing. I see it. <laughs> I mean, the game, I, I will just say right off the bat, this game is, is, is gorgeous in many, many respects. Um, it takes place in Tokyo, Tokyo? but not just, not just Tokyo. It takes place in, its, in the famous uh, Shibuya district of Tokyo. And the only re- reason I know that's, that's famous is because I read it in an article two days ago. But apparently, it's a very famous district in Tokyo. Dude, it looks real AF. It it, it looks amazing. It, it, um, and one of the things I will tell you right off the bat, I feel disadvantaged <clears throat> for not um, this game. This game really embraces its 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 culture, um, particularly from a spiritual perspective. It's spirit Japanese spiritual lore, Japanese folklore, all of these different things where it makes an Americanized player such as myself fascinated on one hand, very, very fascinated, but almost at a disadvantage because you're looking at all these things without all of the context you wish you had. Like, you know, people who watch anime and, and, and are more, who, who really love the Japanese culture probably look at this stuff and, and go, wow, this is, this is, this is wonderful stuff. Um, it doesn't take away in, 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 in any way, shape, or form, it, it actually kind of makes me more involved with it because I'm, I'm trying to read as much as I can. Going, can you explain what this is to it to me? You see all these symbols, you see all these shrines, you see all these different locations and explanations and logs, log entries where it's talking about all this stuff. And all I'm going is, gosh, I really need to read up on this stuff because it is fascinating stuff. Um, it's it's so this is the so this is the studio Tango GameWorks. Who did uh, two previous entries, uh, the Evil Within and Evil Within Two, 
um, the evil within series was came from the mind of the guy who did resident evil. Um, and if you think about those two titles, resident evil and the evil within, they're basically two different ways of saying the exact same thing. I don't know if anybody's ever caught that before, but it's an interesting little tidbit. So Tokyo, uh, Ghostwire Tokyo is fundamentally a ghost story. Uh, Chris, when's the last time I said fundamentally? Has it been a while? It's been a, it's been a while. I mean, at least three weeks because you were, we were off last week and you were. Can I tell you this? Uh, you know, we were, we, we were talking about, and if you, you missed it, the reason we're saying Kirby, John and I said that's our safe word or whatever. Uh, so rewind and listen every time we've said Kirby so far. Chat was saying your safe word, John, should be dichotomy. Uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. Dichotomy. No, that's my go word. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this, this, this game is fundamentally, there it goes again, a ghost story. And from what I've played so far, I am very much invested. I'm, it, it's like... Um, you know, the best I can describe it is in, in many ways, it's a Japanese Bioshock. Mm. Um, although, you know, I think, I think the Bioshock mechanics and what make Bioshock so special, it doesn't really rise to that level of emulation of special abilities and things like that. But it's not really necessary when the world itself is so dad blame interesting. So the game starts off with this, this, spiritual mass event that takes place in Tokyo where pretty much everybody is sort of whisked away and turned into spiritual entities or ghosts, or I guess, I guess what they say, they, they call it is yokai. Yeah. And a yo and yokai is like, you know, it's, it's, it's not demon spirit or demon entity in the literal sense. Um, as in the way we think of it. Um, but just, Yokai is like these spectral in, in, you know entities from, it? from Japanese folklore. When you play Neo, you're primarily doing battle against Yokai. Uh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's where What's, I know it from. I know Neo it from like, the game. I know it from the game Yokai Watch. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So Neo's Neo's like that Dark Soulsy Capcom game, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so <clears throat> you're you're introduced to this guy um this this spectral creature who's looking around for a body and he and he's and he's trying to he's trying to inhabit a, a live person and he says something to the effect of I can't I can't enter him he's a, he's alive. Kirby. Kirby. Um, <laughs> but then he finds the main protagonist <clears throat> Akito who's lying there halfway between life and death and he enters his body. So you're basically playing this game as two, as two characters. Um, the, the, the spectral entity that invades you, his name is KK. A little oh. weird. Yeah. But it, you know, whatever. <laughs> and the, the, the body you're, you're possessing, if you will. And I use that possession loosely is a guy named Akito. Um, and you guys are trying to work together. And it, it's this interesting you know, combat between the two, they're arguing and they're, you know, they're, it's like um, almost a dichotomy, if you will, of two people fighting over possession of, of this body, you know, and a, a journey between these two characters of, of, of accepting each other and then learning to work together 
to do something. But basically, I mean, that's surface level storyline. You're you two are trying to work together to end this spiritual invasion that has accosted Tokyo, if you will. The game is open world in the sense that you can go everywhere, you go most places and explore. Um, and, and, and it's a pretty sizable world. It's not, I mean, it's, it's definitely not, it's not Skyrim or breath of the wild, but it's a really, it's a really, really awesome version of, um, of, of, of Tokyo. Um, mm-hmm. very colorful, very vibrant neon signs everywhere. Um, you know, your ability to go into places and, and, and buy things from the, the uh, Sean, the, these cats, um, and they're from, uh, you see the cats represented in monster hunter, you know, it's like these cats that were clothes. Mm-hmm. Apparently that's not a creation of monster hunter. That is, <clears throat> that is something that's, that, that is like a creature in Japanese culture, much like Tanuki, how we learned, you know, Tanuki Mario is Tanuki is actually a version of a raccoon in Japanese folklore, mm-hmm. which actually is in this game. Um, but, it, but it's like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always, I, I was thinking to myself last night, as I was playing, I'm like, would this game drive Sean absolutely batty? Because one of the things, one of the most <laughs> terrible, it's not a, it's not a horror game in the literal sense, but there's something that I find more terrifying is Jap is Japan's version of ghosts and how they look, you know, they have these highly accentuated, accentuated mouths. And it's like, you think of how, how the, the girl from the ring comes out of the well that, and, uh, that type of representation of, of Japanese horror. Um, one of the, one of the early enemies you find, um, he looks exactly like the slender man. Um, and geez, (laughs) it's not, it's not jump out at you scary, but you're, you're coming across all these entities like the slender man, this Japanese schoolgirl that's missing a head. Um, you know, this, when this, this spectral vision, when it gets up to you, he's, he's like, his jaw is just dropped down to his chin. All that Japanese creepy. I mean, they do ghost representation in a way that is just terrifying is the cover art for the game that's kind of like one of the ghost faces you're talking about he's he's basically the the guy that guy is basically your your primary antagonist oh okay Mm. i haven't candidly i haven't really gotten too far into the game far enough to figure out what exactly he's like why is he what's his problem man (laughs) i don't know what he's doing yet um but you know when it comes to combat you're almost you're like three fourths of a avatar. Um, basically, you have power to you have, you have you have different ether powers, and a lot of this stuff is centered around this this substance in the world called ether, which sometimes feels like it's the go to name for different things in video games. And this time it's spelled E T H E R. Oftentimes it's spelled A E T H E R, depending on what game it is. But it's basically your your finger bullets. The <laughs> <laughs> sort of stuff like Cuphead shoots out of his hands. Kind of. Yeah, I, I, th- that's fair. And, 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 and those bullets are known as what y- the game's calling them SP. Basically, um, the stuff you have to unleash your powers. So like when you bust. Absolutely. <laughs> when you bust a gust of wind. <laughs> I have busted it. 
So, Kirby. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so your powers, your powers are so far what I've obtained. And I think I've gotten everything. Um, are your wind powers? Your you, you basically control three elements: wind, fire, and water. Did now the, I suppose uh, I suppose you could pick up a pile of dirt and throw it in the specter's face, but you know that's not. Um, you said wind. First of all, that's not nice. Fire and water. Wind, fire, and water. Yeah. First mm. of all, that's not nice. So the Earth avatar You're, is probably somewhere trapped, waiting to come back, and then you'll have all four. Well, I was. It's funny. I was telling Aiden last night. I'm like, if you think about it, anybody can be an Earthbender. You just pick up a pile of dirt and throw it in somebody's mm. face. You're an Earthbender. It's not really that special. Yeah. But moving water. That's, that's you know Bruce Lee once said just be water yeah you pour the tea into water. the cup you become part of the cup be water bro yeah he was a loon <laughs> what Kirby. send all your hate mail Kirby Kirby Kirby, Kirby. <laughs> oh shit shite <laughs> Chris is marking the time <laughs> I don't think he even caught it I don't think he caught it because I said she's shite yeah, fine. Didn't catch it. It's, it's fine. It's fine. So basically, your uh, all of the all all of these powers function on your SP. So you kind of start off in the game when you have like twenty five or thirty. I can't remember exact the number. How many times you can shoot wind? And I know this sounds super dumb, but it's not. It 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 really is. It really is a cool effect. Um, and what you do, you get these enemies down to a certain level and you can, you can rip the core out of their bodies and it's, and it's, I guess the power is called, um, ethereal, ethereal or ethereal weaving. Um, basically where you take the spirit's core away from it and destroy the spirit. And it's literally with your right hand, um, you're shooting, you're, you're using your power and when you get that enemy down to a certain vulnerability, you can yank its core away from it with your left hand. Um, you could probably watch YouTube videos of the effect. It's it's it, it's a really it's a really cool effect. Um, combat's pretty fun, although I can see probably it, it maybe it gets a little old after after a while um, because there's just not a lot of variety, particularly when you find that. Um, you can be, you can upgrade a lot of abilities, most notably your stealth abilities to where it can become fairly simple to never really enter into much combat at all. Um, I am playing on normal mode and I've only died once in about 12 hours. So the game is not, um, very punishing at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but basically, um, your job in this game is to, for lack of a better term, with no disrespect to our Christian brethren, your job is to save souls. Oh. To, to, to save souls from this plight that has happened in Tokyo. Um, you're given, you're given, um, you have to unlock a lot of the world by um, cleansing shrines. Yeah. Um, because th there's this fog that just encompasses the, a lot of the map. And if you go into that fog, it's, it's kind of a poison fog. It, it, it takes away a lot of your life. Um, but cleansing shrines is your way of opening up new areas of the map. And as soon as you open up new areas of map, you don't have to buy maps. You don't have to do anything like that. It simply unlocks, um, and you see it, you see all the icons, um, side quests and things like that. And the side quests so far have been rather engaging. Um, 
it's possible they can be repetitive as the game will progress. And I do, I'm sure you've heard this before show. I do plan on finishing this game. I'm highly, <laughs> I'm highly engaged with it. Um, but that, that that's, that's, that's pretty much the gist of what you're trying to do. And you're basically trying to solve the mystery of KK's connection to this individual, this antagonist that you see on the cover of that game. Um, well, it's, I, I, one of my questions to you mm-hmm. was going to be th- that I heard the game wasn't entirely like the longest game ever. Like it's not like Witcher three length, right? Yeah. Um. So the side quests, they actually every I read a lot that they were very interesting and added kind of to the story. Yeah. The, you know the, the the combat, you know, is is fine. It's it's not broken. It it works perfectly. Um. It just doesn't do a lot of variety. Um, the way that a Bioshock did or the way that Dishonored did. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, but it's saving grace is in how interesting this world is. You know, you can go talk to these spectral entities. Some of the time they either give you side quests to do, or they talk to you and you, and you learn about what happened in their previous life. And, you know, and the idea as the game is going, I think is to bring everybody back to life. Um, but you're just back to reality, right? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I got to ask you this, uh, in watching, um, you know, previews of this, the game has, it's been out. We just, you know, the way this works, this is when we're kind of covering it. It came out this year, right? Yeah. It came out in March, the end of March of this year. Right. I think like, can you change the first person perspective or are you locked in on that? Like, yeah, you're zoomed in. You're locked in on the first person, um, which is, totally appropriate i mean mm, it the is game, yeah the game wouldn't work unless it was um unless it was first person it's definitely this is definitely it, you've got the bioshock vibes like um somebody was describing this game to me when i was not that sold on it i decided eh, i'm probably not going to get this they were telling me that it was bioshock i'm like really i'd never heard that before um <laughs> No, no, no. So I mean, you, I'd never heard somebody describe this game because yeah. the, the trailers, I mean, they've been talking about this game for a couple of years and I just couldn't get a really good sense of what this game was, particularly with um, Tango's uh, previous MO with their survival horror. And that yeah. game, those two, the, the, the Evil Within, um, I think I think Jeff, Chris, actually played the Evil Within as yeah, well. Yeah, I think he liked very it. Very creepy and very hard. Mm-hmm. Um which is a an interesting departure for this one. But um yeah, but 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 the world, the, the culture and how it completely wraps itself um in a good way in in the in the Japanese culture makes me want to just dive in. It's almost like, you know, this it's almost like this fantasy world you dive into that you've never seen before and you want to explore it. Well, you're it's 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 inviting you into this culture, this actual culture that exists. And you just want to explore and learn more about it. Um, yeah, I've heard, get, I've heard and seen things that it's a refreshing take on the, uh, like you know, the open world games that we are kind of used to. This game's mm-hmm. kind of open worldy, but it's not kind of like all the other games that we that have that copy of how it it is. Is that does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. The and game, it feels when, fresh. When the, when, the, when the game started, I was like, "Is this open world?" It seems kind of, um condensed and small but as as the story has progressed the fog yeah, yeah. <laughs> as the fogs lift 
um, and everything else, the game just the game just completely opens up where I'm where I find myself. And it's not just it's not just, um, you know, horizontally, it's vertically. Um, it's not like you can just zap your way up to different heights. But, you know, the game has tall skyscrapers and places that it allows you to go. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, the weirdest thing is in this, in this, in this element with all these spirits around those cats, um, I, I, I forget what they're called, but, um, Calico? they're basically maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe that's what it is. Um, they're basically your vendors. You actually go into stores like miniature gas station, grocery store looking things. And they sell you stuff and, and, and they sell you, you know, food that helps you with health, food that helps you with buffs, different buffs. They have, I mean, they, and it's all Japanese stuff. It's rice balls. It's manila clam, miso soup, all this stuff that's designed to miso give you soup food. sounds delicious yeah. right now. All this stuff to give you the boost kind of like, um, you know, monster hunter, you, you, you have these, you have, you get all these you buy all this food, you make all these um, different food that uh, that gives you the buffs you need to go, you know, fight whatever you need to go fight. This is a um, a PlayStation exclusive, is that right? It is. It is PlayStation and PC. I think. I think it's on PC. Yeah, as, as you're talking about it, you do this to me quite often. So I, I do wonder if you do this to our listeners as well. But you kind of sell me on certain games, and I know you said that this may not be a Sean game per se, but I've always been on the you know, just a tip about this game. Well, you know how you hated Bioshock. I just, I, I was confused. I was a young Padawan who didn't know better. Yeah. But now I've been told I need to play Bioshock again by a complete stranger to you. And they said, yes, run immediately to a big daddy and fight him. I yeah. think they told me that to just kind of mess with me. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I'm going to have my PlayStation get, PlayStation get some work done on it. Uh, yeah. I can't turn it on until that work happens. Mm. So uh, I, I want to play this game. Do you have it? Do you have a physical copy? Did you I buy did. it digitally? And it's running pretty good with a physical copy. Yeah, I should say that it runs like a champ. It is. I, I've there's. I mean, in my experience with the game, no stutter, no dip in frame rate. It runs buttery smooth, and that's one of the pleasures of of playing the game. Not only the way it looks, um, but the way it plays. I'm guessing um, it's. 30 frames with the uh, RTX or RTS, whatever ray tracing. I haven't even bothered to check to see if I can, if there's a performance mode with it, mm. but it, to me, it feels 60. Feels 60. Uh, what wrong. about the controller? Does it add anything to the game? You know, the haptic feedbackness yeah. of it. The- so the, 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 the rain, um, you know that you know that that effect in Returnal when, when you come out nope. into the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. But I don't know if you, Sean. I don't know if you've experienced rain with haptic feedback. Uh, the mm-hmm. the raindrops are like it's almost like the raindrops are trickling on your hands yeah. as you're oh. walking through the world. It's to me, it, to me, haptic feedback, and people don't want to admit this, but they will five years from now. Um, is gimmicky the way that we we remote is? And yeah, I, I don't care. I mean, ultimately, I don't care. But that's not to say that it's not cool. I mean, I, I like and, the and, integration. And it, yeah. On some games, but some games, like you say, if it doesn't feel gimmicky, I like yeah. it. But some games that it does, I'm kind of like you. I'm like, Ugh. yeah. The one thing I do not like when it comes, and this is aside from Ghostwire, the thing I don't like about haptic feedback when it comes to PlayStation 5 triggers. is the triggers when you're yeah. trying to shoot. 
I agree it, with you. There's like this resistance and it's the only, the only way I could get the platinum trophy in resident evil village is if I turned off that resistance triggers, it just did not cooperate with me. Yeah. That being said, haptic feedback in this game is used very well. Nice. Um, and it does, and it can, you know, if it done, if, if done properly, and you can say that with the, Wii, ha, if done properly, um, th- this one really adds to the immersion. Um, the way that Returnal, Chris, you'll know with this, you know, I'm talking, the way Returnal added to the immersion, immersion with haptic feedback. Yeah, because you'd have those oh, yeah. two different settings on it, right, for mm-hmm. uh, different firing modes. I Absolutely. still, I still turned that off just so I could press a button. <laughs> yeah, and, and it, I will say it is cool that you can hear, and I think, I think the PlayStation Four did this too, but you can hear KK's voice through your controller. Yeah, and the fact that you can hear it through the controller kind of adds to the spectralness of it like the more ghostliness of him um different to where you can hear him coming out of your tv the fact that you can hear him coming out of something else other than the tv kind of adds to the effect that kind of make, gives you that buy-in that wow this this is like somebody talking inside you kirby kirby <laughs> kirby kirby <laughs> i'm inside uh, you so kirby, kirby you uh but, and so the combat is, you know, it's it's nothing to write home about. It works. It's fun. It's fine, um, and it's got it's got the the skill trees that you that you that you want and expect. Um, so you know, you, skill trees that make your weapon your your powers more powerful. Um, your your ability to shoot more. <laughs> I don't know how to say this. I'll make it sound good. To gain SP. So you'll have more attacks gotcha. uh, bef- before you run out, before you start shooting blanks. Wait, what? Never. I never shoot blanks. So okay, Kirby. <laughs> um. <laughs> shoot more, John. I just so find you can it, shoot more. That's fine. Interesting. Kirby. I'm like, <laughs> To me, they're like two things. This is probably the last Bethesda game you're ever going to play on your PlayStation. And it's kind of like the end of this limited period we've seen them have before the acquisition where it was clear the thing was go out there, secure money from someone, and then develop primary PlayStation and then develop a game that you know will be done in the time frame that is given, right? for the amount it cost like it, they were very restrictive and it, it's like i could tell from the way this game looks i'm like oh, okay this is how they got around this problem and this problem uh as opposed to having a lot of people right having them be spirits um it, it, it's just interesting because i don't know what uh if we'll see that from them going forward it'll be interesting like if microsoft's now like no take as much time and do what you want to do because you know we want it to be good <laughs> and we want it to be the, the most realized um, version as opposed to the one that we're more concerned about how much money we're going to lose on it. You know, yeah, for sure. I have, and problem. I have no idea how commercially successful this has been. Oh, was it even I, I, top I 10? Think, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember reading it in the top 10. Let's see. It came out in March, uh, right? Yeah. The 25th of March. While you continue, but the, you know, and and that's you know that's pretty much you know really all I have to say about it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. 
I'm really loving the world and exploring it. It's, you know, being, being in this world is, is a joy. Um, the, the problem I have talking about this game is because, uh, is because of how not in tuned I am with Japanese culture mm-hmm. in this way. It's hard to talk about these things because it's hard to, it's, it's all the different types of weapons, all the different types of powers, all the different types of power ups. They stem from something that is connected to Japanese spiritualism, Japanese folklore. So I, it's, it's like, I need a PhD in this stuff to, to, to talk about it. Um, in a sense, BK would probably be able to talk night and day about this kind of stuff. <laughs> but, um, all I can say is I'm having a blast. I think it's, I think it's a very realized world. The character dynamic between the two um, protagonists that you're that you're playing as really works well, um, and just and the and and the world is just a joy to to experience. Um, uh, Sean, to your point, the game is about ten hours long. If you're kind like seven to ten, if you're kind of bulleting through the story, and you can do that without feeling like you're being punished. Um, upgrade wise right if you're wanting to do everything maybe go for the platinum trophy you're looking at 20 to 30 hours depending on how i've seen longer than that you've seen longer than that or how long to beat the average to get completionist right was uh was 36 hours no i I was like wow well good good news on the uh the game itself if you want to buy the physical copy it's on sale uh i think it's been on sale for only 49.99 that's pretty good uh, I don't know about the digital sales. I did read, and I know Chris may have some numbers that it was doing really well on Steam. So, Chris, do you got some some data? As far as uh, MPD, when it came out in March, it was twelfth. There you go. So, you know, um, when did it come out in March? The twenty fifth. Yeah, so it wasn't out so long. That's, it was around Kirby. <laughs> Kirby. <laughs> um, it was, which that's was right, third. It was. Let's see, April yeah. was it on April MPD? One way to find out. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's 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 pretty much all for me. I like, I really like this game. You know, good deal. I, you know, aside from the the, the creepiness, uh, Sean, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of jump scares. I had one jump scare, um, uh, so you would be fine. <laughs> I don't trust you. You said I could play Res Seven and be fine. I did not. I said, well, I said you would be fine because you're here. Yeah, I, I I survived. You lived <laughs> until I went back and looked at the chat, and everybody was like, "Here it comes! Wait for it!" He has no idea this is coming. <laughs> Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think I think um, I think tentatively speaking, Richard wise, um, I think it's a I think it's an eight right now. Okay. Okay. Uh, it 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 would not shock me if that if that went up a, a half a degree or more. So. Ye- if you're into the if you're into the Bioshock stuff, and you're and you're waiting for the next big Bioshock, this is a perfectly um this is a perfectly good game to 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 take up your time. I'm really enjoying it. Yay! News. You guys want to do some news? Yeah, man. News time. What's up? Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. 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 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new segment of the show. We try to bring you all the freshest uh, and most up-to-date news possible re- regarding video games. And to lead us off this week, we got Chris. <laughs> My favorite subject here. Uh, following the announcement that the QA workers at Raven Software have voted to unionize, Xbox head Phil Spencer announced plans to recognize the new union once the acquisition of Activision Blizzard is complete. Quote, once the deal closes, we would absolutely support an employee's organization that's in place. We think it's right. It's the right of the employees and something that can be a part of a relationship between a company and the people who work at the company. The Raven QA union is the first union at a major studio and was formed on May 23rd. So, yay! (laughs) I take your power, John, and I cast you out. (laughs) But yay, good, good for them. I think that's the right move. And probably might help this deal go through. <laughs> so. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it, it just might. Dang it. That's all we got on unions, boys. Yeah, John, you got anything? Don't hold back, John. <laughs> unions. <laughs> you know you love them. <laughs> oh, we need to take that picture of you thumbing up and actually get the word unions under it. Oh, I'll capture it. Make it a black and white image and make it a bumper sticker. <laughs> I'll just put that out there. Oh, that'd be great. I would put uh, it well, all over town. <laughs> I tell you this, we got some big news for a, from a new IP for Sony. <gasps> well, we got to wait a while, though. Yeah. By the end of 2025, 50% of Sony's investment into its PlayStation Studios will go towards the creation of, I kind of teased it beforehand, new IPs. Yep. The news... Ips, as as the kids say. Uh, the news comes by the way of its latest investor briefing, and the company says the investing, I'm sorry, that investing in the new IPs is part of its overall growth plans. By 2025, Sony wants a 50-50 split in investment between its existing IP and new IP. So, 50-50. And some of that IP means a game as service somewhere. I don't think some of it. I think the majority of it will be that. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they buy like aren't they working on like five or six of them hoping one of them will stick? Yeah, with I mean, That's kind of what you have to do with these days anyway. Mm-hmm. In order to I mean what is it every one in one in 10 have kind of a shelf life. Yeah. But then one in 100 are and- Fortnite or what's the other one? Yeah. And it's like funny, like even, even though like one might not hit, right. It could be the groundwork for something else. Case of point for Sony insomniac, right. Insomniac, when they were still free agent, went to Microsoft and did, um, what was that game called? Um, is sunset overdrive, right. They built the engine right then there. And that IP did not take off and Microsoft did not invest in making more of them and doesn't seem like they're going to, but that engine right there is then what they use to then turn around and make their new IP Spider-Man on. Well, you, and you were big on uh, sunset overdrive. You said it was a good game. Yeah. And I could see a lot of what worked in sunset overdrive being, you know, going around the city and all that, uh, 
transitioning over to Spider-Man. It's just a different way. One was grinding. The other is, you know, uh, swinging. But all that works. And then, boom, there you have the one that's successful and, you know, makes millions of dollars. Just that's the way it has to go sometimes. So I'm sure that's why they're doing this because they're like, hey, you're right, John. Like, probably not every single one of them is going to hit. But if one of them hits or wait, wait, if wait, or if it gives something to someone else to use. Yeah, yeah. Take it and hold on it, right, to that. Ladies and gentlemen? Yeah. I heard it. Let's just capture that audio. Yeah. Loop it. Really spring it up to life. Unions. John was right. <laughs> About unions. <laughs> hey, you know, a broken clock is right twice in 24 hours. Dad jokes. <laughs> Two things. Uh, I want to launch to the next news story. Well, speaking of launch, Chris, <gasps> I'm not sure why Sean's not reading this one. But his ears are going to get so wet. Um, The PlayStation VR 2 will launch more than 20 major games, stating there are, quote, 20-plus first-party and third-party titles confirmed for PlayStation VR 2 at launch. Some developers are also confirming to be working on PSVR 2 games, but there are yet uh, but are yet to announce what those titles are. The public is still waiting on an official showcase, launch games, release date, and pricing. Sean, what are you willing to pay? Well, for PSVR 2. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I know I want it. What did you pay originally for PSVR? Ooh. <sighs> Maybe like I think it was five, four or five hundred bucks. Really? I think it was like three ninety nine or four ninety nine. I can't remember. I think it was three ninety nine. I had heard some rumor that they were really going to try to make PSVR's price point ridiculously competitive. Like Oculus too competitive? No, what I mean by competitive is in getting them. They want to get them in your hand, and yeah, well, so it, Oculus if, Two is very affordable. Oh, I, I see. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. Um, so if it's like if it's two fifty or something like that, they're willing to do it. And the fact that they've got twenty launch titles planned tells me that having twenty launch titles at launch, twenty launch titles at launch, twenty launch titles at launch, means they're going to try to come in as low as they possibly can. Yeah, if you remember. I've traded in a bunch of old stuff to GameStop for store credit. And that store credit is being held onto for when I can put it all on whatever I need to for the PSVR stuff. Um, as you a could, tease. You could buy me something. I could. As a tease and also a plug. So this is going to be two things. I love a good plug tease. Um, on Discord, <laughs> on, on Discord in our weekly game chat area, Chris posted a screenshot of the state of play that's coming up. We're going well, to talk about that a little bit later in news as well. And one of those things that they bring up that may be mentioned or expected to be is PSVR 2. So I think we'll get something. I, have I don't to know ask, how much. Did you look at the titles that were on the post that I put uh-huh. on there? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ooh, what were they? They were uh, Bloodborne, Bloodborne Remastered, Bloodborne Cart, uh, Jason Bourne, spelled B-O-R-N-E, uh, <laughs> Left for Born. Um, I think we had Elden Born. Um, yeah, and then, that, and then at the very bottom, Knack Three. <laughs> yeah, Chris is posting the Discord more of a joke, but there yeah. is a real state of play yeah. lineup. Uh, I want to say it was on the Twitterverse. Mm. I think, and it got me excited. So we shall see. Yeah, 
I'm wondering if it's going to, because what, that's right around the corner. If it's going to leak or not. There's a lot of things. Yeah. I do not like a good leak. Wait. There's an exception. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I do like announcements. Yeah, those are nice. Yeah. To uh, raucous cheer and applause. The first trailer for Star Wars Jedi Survivor premiered as part of Star Wars Celebration. The game is set to release sometime in 2023. The trailer is short on plot. We do find Cal, I can't remember how you say his last name, Kestis, still on the run from the Empire. The game will be released on all next-gen hardware, and apparently he was uh, taking a look at a Raiden in a tank from Mel Gear Solid 2, so, you know, <laughs> what it looked like to me. Yeah, this was this was cool for the official announcement to come out. Star Wars Celebration was cool um, during that event, during one of the live uh, panel events. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker came out. I don't call them by their real names. And uh, Anakin said this is where the fun begins, and the crowd went nuts. They also went nuts during this announcement. It's going to be a good it, – it's it, it's poised to be a good sequel um, if they can make, you know, the things that were good from the first one equally as good or, or slightly better. I'm hoping we get something to the effect of one of my favorite things was Ori, the original Ori. And then you get a new ability in the new Ori that you don't even know how to live without now if you tried to go back and play the old Ori. I hope something like that's introduced in this new Star Wars game. Hopefully. I just, the only thing that made me go, mm, is I said sometime in 2023. They ain't like, oh, yeah. There's first half. If they had said first half, 20, you know, Q1 yeah. 2023, I've been like, okay, so it's going to be on Q4. But now I'm like, eh, yeah, it's probably coming in 2024. We'll see. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. John, thoughts, prayers, were you going to play it? No, maybe? Sometimes? I Kirby? still got to finish the first one. You never finished the first one? I have I have started that game literally, mm. literally, <laughs> 10 times. How far have you gotten? 10 times. <laughs> Did you get... I've, the farthest I've ever gotten is to the um, second planet. planet. Hmm. I don't know what it is. It's not the game. It's it's not the game. It's just I never really jumped into it during topic when mm-hmm. we were when it was time to discuss it. So it's just been hard to not have to move on to something else. But it's not the game. I've I've I mean from what everybody says, it's very Metroidvania ish. Oh yeah. It, it, there's too there's too many reasons why I would love this game. But Dude, just, it's it's it's. Souls, no, no, Souls isn't. It's Metroidvania have, for it's, sure. People it's have Souls like Souls like yeah, light. It's Souls li- light, light, yes, light, L I T E, mm-hmm. and it's got some Metroidvania to it, and it's Star Wars, mm-hmm. and it's canon. You know, maybe it's because the guy's a ginger. That is a hard thing because they are, they don't have souls. Those gingers, <laughs> hey gingers, that but- listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Kirby. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Maybe I should be neutral. Yeah, I think, on, guys, the, the uh, stance gingers. I took of neutrality was the way to go on that one. <laughs> Lord. Uh, I'm going to be just like EA because they're going to remain neutral as well. So, see, what we're talking about here is other game companies have spoken out on what many consider to be controversial political issues of late. 
EA is telling its employees that it plans to stay silent. It's going to be old, uh, what is it, John Switzerland? Uh, yes, during, during a company meeting on May 24th, that was just a few days ago, EA staff members questioned executives about a possible statement regarding certain issues. In response, they were told that the company wouldn't announce a stance because, this is a quote, being an inclusive company means being inclusive of all those points of view, end quote. To further quote, these things are hard and they're personal and we, ha- we ha- all have our own perspectives and sometimes we won't speak. That will be upsetting and I understand that. We really do. That was according to Chief People Officer uh, Mala Singh. I want to make sure I say that right. Like EA, Sony has also declined to release any public statements about these issues. Damn. It's not shocking that a public company as big as EA is kind of like, we would rather just not tick anyone off <laughs> and stay silent. But I also get their point of the employees and that, you know, it's, com- it's a, it's a hard thing. And, and she's right. She's like, she's right to say that this is going to be upsetting to people. Cause I get it, you know, but on the other hand, I don't know. I don't know what the right way is. I mean, that's cool that companies like Bungie come out and are very supportive and very direct with what they think. On the other hand, um, I think the more important thing is just like, as long as EA is treating its employees health concerns, right. That would be the thing that if I was an employee of EA that mattered most. And that, well, it's, it's interesting to me that a lot of companies more and more, I mean, this is um, not just not just in the video game space, but Netflix came out and said, you know, if you you know, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be putting out there as far as content, mm-hmm. you're going to have to work on as employees. If you have a problem with that, then you need to start looking at another line of work. And it was interesting when they said that it was about a couple of weeks before the Ricky Gervais stand-up special came out. And if you look at Rotten Tomatoes right now, it's Rotten Tomatoes. The critics have it like at a 21 and the audience has it like at a 93. <laughs> of course. I haven't watched it yet. <clears throat> but I, I think I think this is, in the entertainment space in particular, this might be a trajectory now where, you know, companies are going to start going. Uh, and look, Michael Jordan 30 years ago famously said, Chris, do you remember what he said? Republicans oh. buy Nikes too. Yeah. And I mean, when these, when these, when these employees are saying, when they're asking these questions about their company, what they're asking, they're not asking whether you're going to make a statement. What they're asking is when are you going to make the statement that I think you should make? Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, you've got these video game corporations, you know, Gearbox is state is in Texas. You don't think somebody who's a app developer in Texas who works at Gearbox has a little bit different, it, different perspective on an issue than eight, maybe 80% of the other people who work at Gearbox. I mean, to me, this is the, the, I think this is what a majority of consumers out there, I understand that a lot of people think that a lot of these issues that we feel that these corporations should address are important. And it's not that they're not, but I think a majority of consumers out there simply want their corporations and their companies who, who we buy products from to shut up and just sell me what I want to buy. There's definitely and, and, some. And, and let me invest in the things that I care about. I don't need, I don't need Major League Baseball 
to make a decision about something affecting the economy of a state I live in, just just be Major League Baseball. And I think there's validity in, in, in some people out there wanting that. And I understand that there are times when corporations will have no choice in speaking out on things. Obviously, there are things that do come up where I do think that there is a fine line where there it, there, it is appropriate for a corporation to speak up on something. Sure. But I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's always the case. And I don't think it's always good for your bottom line to do so because you run the risk of ticking off 50% of the population, regardless of which stance you take. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can be Michael Jordan or you can be Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would tell you he paid price for being Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> and it's, you know, neither one is necessarily wrong in what they do. It's just, you know, it's a personal choice. And like I said, I think the more important thing again, like in EA has said this, like regarding the main issue that is kind of prompted. This is like, Hey, we have policies in place to make sure that people that think they would be affected by this, that we will make sure they are taken care of. We're protecting you. The stance we take is we care about, our employees. Yeah. Right. And as long as they're doing that, I think you at least have a leg to stand on to say, Hey, we're not going to make a statement, but we care about you. It's all about production. What? Mm -hmm. Is that me? (laughs) I see what you did there. Um, and and now we need to ask you, do you like a good pre-production? Yeah. Oh man. Sometimes it's a relief that you don't have to go all the way. What? What are we talking Kirby! about? Kirby! I love a good pre-production, uh, and I know Chris does, and here's why. The Witcher 4 has officially moved out of the research phase. And what research are we talking about? What, what, what research? Um, and has entered pre-production. Quote, we are very eager to revisit the universe, which has shaped our history to such an extent. We have recently concluded the research phase for the first game in a new Witcher saga meaning that there's going to be more than one, uh, which means from, from now on, further development expenditures will be capitalized on our balance sheet. Man, that's some PR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With this news, it's important to note that this game is likely years away from release. And yeah. it's going to be Chris glitchy is gonna be, AF. <laughs> Chris is going to be 50 when this game comes out. Probably. I am... <laughs> I'm just like kind of like cool and I'm just going to check out until it comes out, you know, I'm just like, whatever. Cause you know, they announced what cyberpunk originally in like 2009. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. I guess the good thing is they have, they at least have the Witcher three to work from right. As far as certain things and assets. Uh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if, I mean, they said Geralt's story was done, so is this going to be just a completely original story, maybe set in a different time, maybe like when Witchers were more prevalent? Is it going to be years after the end of Witcher 3? I don't know, but we'll see. Uh, just like we're all going to see the uh, Sony Summer Stay of Play, guys. Right? We're all going to watch this? I hope so. Because Sony has announced a state of play presentation for this Thursday, June 2nd. Uh, The showcase will show off upcoming PlayStation 5 and PlayStation VR 2 games. 
The presentation will begin at 3 p.m. Pacific, a.k.a. 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and will likely run for 30 minutes. The show promises to reveal uh, reveals from 30 third-party partners and a sneak peek at several games in development for the PlayStation VR 2. What games would you predict slash like to see uh, at the showcase? Bloodborne Remastered. The uh, Everybody's going to want to see more of God of War. I think they need to put a release date on it. They need to do coming. something. Uh, I kind of want to see an old school game being announced, like as a remake, reboot, like a Sly. Um, Jax. Jax, uh, maybe a Siphon Filter. And I know those are kind of some, some games we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, just something to bring back some nostalgia and hype. Uh, to see it like in a fresh new light, like on a PS5 type platform. I could see the first teaser for Death Stranding 2, two? dropping yeah. here based on the leaks from Mr. Norman Reedus. <laughs> <laughs> Norman Reedus gives zero Fs. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm working on that. Who cares? <laughs> oh, hey, Hideo. <laughs> Norman Reedus. <laughs> um, oh, that's nice. I just need more information about the PSVR 2. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm legitimately, I mentioned that my PS5 is going to get some work done on it. Uh, and that's partly because I want to have two slots in the back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, I want to know just, what Just in case. Because I have to imagine, you know, 20 launch tiles, right? I would think similar to the launch of the first one. They have to have something that they are looking at and... Um, uh, of course, this is trying to update right now. Uh, Chris is rebooting, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> can't hear you now. I can't hear you at all. At all? How about now? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wavelink all of a sudden was just like, hey, man, you want to do an update real quick? And I'm like, no, 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 I do not. No, I actually <laughs> don't, Wavelink. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Just 7 or 8.30 at night, you know. Uh, but, um... I'm like wondering, is it like going to be Spider-Man in VR, Ghost of Tsushima in VR, um, Infamous, or would Spider-Man VR? Would Spider-Man VR come with a vomit bag? That would be because my right? God, I uh, <laughs> I don't know. I would like to see like a Blood and Truth two. Mm. That's a very highly touted PSVR original title. Uh, that's going to be ready to come out. You know, I guess I forgot they do have the Horizon uh, VR game, right? So maybe Which they is show probably going to be launch. Yeah, so I guess that's the one. I don't know. You know what this one is, though. I I I kind of do. It has it has been a while. <laughs> Finally, this uh, despite our, you know, late start, our show is still on track to give you this last piece of news. <laughs> Boo! If a new rating is gonna is to be believed in South Korea, God of wait, what did I just what tighten did I up, write? sir? Still on track is the name of this last piece of news. If a new rating is to be believed in South Korea, God of War Ragnarok could still be on track for its 2022 release date. The game received a rating of 18 and over by South Korea's Game Rating and Administration Committee. 
S-K-G-R-A-C. I just did that myself. Acronym City. This generally means that a close to completed version has been presented for review. Does that give you chills? It makes me excited. The game was originally supposed to come out in 2016. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. It was supposed to come out in 2021, but we all know what happened. Yeah, none of us believed it when it came out. I still, I mean, that's cool. That's got a rating, which does mean, yes, it's it's closer to to not you know it not being closer <laughs> um <laughs> but uh, i don't know i just i'm i'm hoping for the best but i will not be shocked if like even if they do release do a release day of like november this year if all of a sudden like you know one of these august days i wake up and it's 7 a.m there's an image tweet from Sony Santa Monica, and it just says, uh, we appreciate all of your support for God of War, but due to blah, 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 you know, we're moving this game to February of 2023. Wasn't it February or April of 2018 when the game came out? Yeah. And I mean, it got, it, it got delayed a number of times before it had its official release date. So it's just, I mean, the way we've seen it, I, until I see the game has gone gold, I don't really believe. Wait, you know, it's going to become, it's coming to Xbox gold pass. Uh, no, different, different, different type of gold, <laughs> sir. Different type of gold. That's the new name. The Xbox gold pass. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes when you're, su- you're stupid to yourself and you laugh really hard, that just happened to me. I love when that happens. I love when it happens to you. You know what I love? I think you love being safe. I love <laughs> when we wrap things up. Never. Kirby! Kirby! <laughs> <laughs>I look, I did that on purpose just to sabotage, just to point out that we were, I'm out of sync because we didn't record last week. Joe, okay, boo. Electronic mail from the future. Oh, I loved it. All loved the way from the year 3000. So, uh, if, if you've re- listened recently, you know that this is the part of the show we call emails, but it's really the part of the show that you carry. And despite, despite having a week off, only two of you read uh, sent emails, which is hilarious. There's four emails because you, <laughs> you two really like to send emails to us, which we appreciate. Continue to do so. Uh, if, you, if you're like, Sean, how can I send an email? Well, here you go. Weeklygameschat at gmail.com. There it is. And if you want to be like Harrison or Thorin, uh, we'll read your email. And boys, take it away. Sorry, I just had to turn off auto updates because it tried to do it again. <laughs> so I'm just like, you know what? We'll just uh we'll uncheck that box for now. Um I guess I'll take Harrison. Uh take them both. Take them both. 
You want no, me? both of Harrison. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, hey, guys. Hey. Hello. It was the anniversary of Sean roasting my graphics card on the 10th of May last year when I told you guys my PC was broken. And I said I was stuck to my Switch, and he said the graphics were basically the same. <laughs> my card was a 1650 Super OC, by the way. That's not terrible. Yeah, totally not the same, but you know. Um, Happy anniversary to that roasting of that car, though. By the way, that was sent from his uh, iPhone. Uh, and then he followed up on that by saying, Also, I think you, I thought you guys might want to know I've got every shrine in Breath of the Wild because it's my favorite game of all time. And he sent a picture yes. to prove it. He did, and in that picture, if you're a fan of Breath of the Wild or you know what it means, there's a hundred shrines, and next to the shrine icon, there is a number one zero zero. Yes, very nice. Well, congrats to you, Harrison. Congrats, and that that game is, uh, it is really good. Let's let's be honest. I can I'm ready. Buy, to, uh, huh? I, I can buy that game card for ninety six dollars. The sixteen fifty sixteen fifty super. <laughs> yeah i think so i think john just made fun of your card so one year from now send an email to remind us that john made fun of your card mark down from 159 you said 1650 <laughs> hold on here i'm just wondering it's got it's like a it's a little one with one fan <laughs> he said you got a little one no <laughs> yes <laughs> for the record the GeForce GTX 1650 is the second most used graphics card on Steam right now at 6.27%. That's because other graphics cards are insanely hard to get. Well, yeah, it's always cost a lot of money. Yeah. The, the first 30 series card on here is the 3060, which is only at 2%. (laughs) So there are a lot of people that bought those cars, the 1650s and the 1060. They, they are a lot. Anyways, uh, John. Let's check out what Thorin has to say. Oh. Hi, Chris, Sean, John, Sean. Chris, Sean, John. <laughs> hey, hey, Thorin, 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 Thorin. <laughs> Thorin Oakenshield? Did you, know, did you know that Epic Games gives away free games on their store every week? You just open the Epic Game Store. Hang on a second. Is that true? It is. Yep. What are they giving out? They oh, uh, they gave they were giving out the Bioshock collection this week. Mm-hmm. You know? That's a nice one. Yep. Uh, there you go, Sean. If you can't <laughs> if you can't play it on Xbox, you might as well play it on PC. Um, but they give it away on their store every week. You just open the Epic Store and scroll down to the free game. This week we got Borderlands. Th- Oh, I did miss that. Mm. I meant to get that. Uh, Borderlands 3, so I wanted I want you to know if you need to play the first two games for it to make sense. Um, on Thursday, they are bringing in a game from their store, which is what they do anyway, so I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I just got Game Pass. What games do you recommend for someone who never finishes games? <laughs> That's me and you, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Also, last week you said to give suggestions, so I suggest Titanfall 2. It is the six to eight hour masterpiece with a very good FPS gameplay like movement that feels so good. It is the only game I ever finished. Hmm. Um, 
That's crazy. Gangster from Thorin. What's up? <laughs> Speaking of Game Pass, um, I am pleased to announce I have been waiting for this. Uh, they are adding, not only are they adding Origins, AC Origins to Game Pass, but they are giving it the uh, 60 frames per second. Um, now oh, the boost that they the do. The boost. They're giving it a boost. Thank you. Hey, John, you. where was that sent from? That last email? This was sent from my iPhone's iPhone, and he has a follow up. Mm. Um, dear Chris, Sean, John, Chris, Sean, and John. Hey, Thorn, Thorn, Thorn. I did not know you were not making an episode last week, so my last email is outdated. Yeah, it is, but we still read it, didn't we? This Epic Games put the Bioshock collection on the store. I think what they're doing is giving out good games that are full price normally. I have heard Elden Ring on PC runs poorly. Was this true for any of you? How many it Bioshock was for me. <laughs> uh, how many Bioshock games are there? And is the order one, two, and infinite? Anyway, enjoy your week. There are three Bioshock games. One, two, one, and, two infinite. and infinite. However, yeah. however, uh-oh. uh-oh. Uh, Bioshock 2 has a expansion that I think is included in the Bioshock collection. Uh, that is supposed to be quite good. Bioshock to what is it? Uh, son of a gun. Minerva's Den. Minerva's Den. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, you asked about Elden Ring running on a PC. I'm rocking a uh, 5600 XT, which is equivalent to a 5700. That's an AMD card. You're Terrible. Running a, you're running a 1560 Super. <laughs> Chris and Mike played that game with me as well. Uh, Mike has what, Chris? A 3080? He's got a 3080. I have a 3080. Um, and it ran like butter for them, but those cards cost them a million dollars a piece. So, it, Chris, does he <laughs> technically have the better card? Yeah, he's got right a now. better computer. Yeah. Right now, Did he buy the card from you? No, that was my 2070 Super. He, when he built his new one, he got a 3080 Ti. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um how much does he owe the irs now (laughs) but um as far as elden ring i know it ran yeah there were some issues at launch but it seems like most of them have uh been resolved at this point so i mean sure it might have some issue with older cards but if you've got a 30 series or i'd say probably a 20 series um 70 or 80 version you're probably not going to have a problem running that game at this point especially if you're willing to even like drop down to 1080p or something like that then you would have absolutely no problem um as far as borderlands for what you asked before if you care about the story yes you need to play one and two to understand and probably the pre-sequel to uh to really understand borderlands 3 but if you just if you're willing to go with it and maybe have a friend give you a primer and you yeah. just, you care about the gameplay. If that's all you care about, then you can go and have a really good time. Yeah. You know, I think as far as we're having a good time, so, having a, a good, good time. time. That's all we can afford for the queen copyrights. Right. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, that's all we're going to decide to read this week on our weekly game chat emails stuff. Uh, I'm going to pivot over and read emails. we got a little bit of catching up to do from our Discord server. I'm going to do a little curveball here on you guys. And uh, I'll tell you why in a minute. But So if you remember a couple weeks back, 
one of our good friends, Psycho Retro, put a question out there, um, basically asking about can, could uh, could Starfield be rushed for the holiday? And it was a good question, got us thinking. So he followed up. Uh, this was back on the twenty third. Okay, so uh, been thinking of a question to ask this week, and honestly, it's been tough. Then I remember that today. That keep in mind, this was May twenty third. Was the last day, so we've already missed it, ladies and gentlemen, to add funds to a Wii U or 3DS with a credit card. Rip. Of course, that was the... No, that's not true. Uh Uh-oh. It's 2023. That's fact check. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to blow that up. You might be... you just blew it up. Well, it might be... Today was the last that you could add things, but you can buy through 2023. Right, because if you let me finish reading, John... Of course, this is the first step in the destruction of those e-shops with them closing permanently in March 2023. Mm. So, Psycho's question is this. Why is Nintendo so freaking stubborn? They explicitly state that they don't have plans to put those classic games on other platforms, and there's no excuse for them to say this other than the fact that they just don't want to. Game, he says, game on, people? Well, until March 2023, that is. Money. Okay, <laughs> look. Honestly, I mean, we can blame we can blame Nintendo. Can y'all hear me? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. We can blame Nintendo for, for one thing, but it's not the fact that they can't, that they're not bringing 3DS games or Wii U games over to new systems. I don't think that's fair in the sense of they refuse to do it. They actually put, you can actually go on the Wii U eShop and you can actually buy um, Phantom Hourglass and other type games that were designed for the Nintendo Nintendo DS. Not 3DS, but DS. But in order to play them and in order to make them work, you had to take the Wii U gamepad and turn it sideways. Where you've got two, you've got the, the bottom screen and the top screen um, on the Wii U like that. And I'm sorry, nobody wants to play them like that. I appreciate the gesture, but it's like when Nintendo does it, if they do it, if they put it on the Switch, are you really going to be satisfied with how it operates? The answer to that obviously is no. Then you're going to be griping about Nintendo doing something else. Nintendo has a history of innovating with hardware from a physical interaction standpoint, and it makes it harder for them to put their games on new iterations of systems. That's not to say that they don't charge you $1.99 every time you want to go buy Super Mario. They do do that. Okay, I can acknowledge that in the same breath, but their inability to put 3DS games on a Nintendo Switch is completely understandable. I mean... Blame them for other things, but blaming them for this, mm. them I, doing it in a way that you'd be satisfied with. I mean, they put they put Zelda Skyward Sword on the Switch, and it was a 50-50 for people. People hated it or they loved it. I mean, and that's the best they can do with the way they iterate with their hardware. I say cut some slack. Yuri followed up and said, well, huh, can't you just open the eShop in your browser Buy those games along with Switch games and yep. then download them on appropriate devices. It's possible that Yuri was missing something. 
Yeah. Maybe I, that's a workaround. Maybe not. I don't what's know. an appropriate device? That's like a good. Device. I don't right. know. Probably. Okay. Like I don't. I get that. Yeah, Nintendo isn't maybe like Microsoft in the way like you know because Sony has had this problem like getting PlayStation three games on there and Microsoft seems to be the only one. And it's probably because they're a trillion dollar tech company that have very smart people who can do a lot of things for them. Even if they don't even maybe necessarily work directly under Xbox, right? They could go to engineers here and say, Hey, we have this problem. We think you might have the right solution and they can find a way to incorporate in. And that's an awesome benefit for them. So I get like Nintendo probably doesn't have that. And there might be hardships whenever they're trying to convert things. Fine. I think the bigger issue is just like kind of to the point, like you're taking away a bunch of things and you're not letting people just keep buying them, right? Like they have a device, it lives online, it's connected to the web. And really the only reason they're doing it, it feels like is one of two, either they just don't want to host those servers anymore for whatever reason or they want to have the ability now to say, no, we don't want you to have that option because we want you, if we decide to release something on switch and you want to play it, unless you've got the physical version or something like that, you need to go through us and buy it through here when we re-release it on there. Um, and I get that it's, it's a way to make money and you know, I'm never not going to be the one to accuse Nintendo of looking the best way for their bottom dollar. Cause they've always had that mindset, but it, at the same time, I think people do have a right to say, what is the downside of just letting us have this eShop and for all these things that just exist out here on these platforms that if all of a sudden one day I say, Hey, I want to play this game that is not on switch. And I don't want to have to go to GameStop and like, hope that there's a used copy there that I can just go to their eShop and buy it, download it and play it, you know, and, and be fine. Um, so, I mean, that's a fair point, but at mm. the same time that they, I mean, w- we first heard about this five or six months ago. Mm-hmm. So in and of itself, Nintendo is giving its fans two years to prepare. In other words, get all the content you want either downloaded or hard physical copy. I would recommend physical copy instead of downloading stuff mm-hmm. um, in this case, but you know, you, but, but, but the flip side to that is because of that announcement, you know, people are going to go on Amazon and try to buy a physical copy of correct Mario, Mario Bowser's story and pay $75 for it. Probably higher. I get, I get that. I, I do. But I I don't see I don't see where you know fans out there myself included feel like we have a we have a right to play our content infinitely because we gave up that thing of ownership if you will when we decided to go digital because nobody really owns anything anymore you you own a license to operate something but nobody but but nobody no, nobody owns that stuff infinitely it doesn't exist anymore we gave that up a long time ago but but it's like we still haven't accepted the consequences but of that wouldn't you say though that again because like playstation really hasn't shut down anything yet you know the one time they came close they they got they backtracked as fast as they could and if you say the gold standard for 
an online only shop is Steam. And Steam, to my knowledge, has only removed a game from its servers because it violates something with Steam's terms of service, right? Like, you know, it's something that's copyright infringement or, you know, not appropriate, right? Violates a certain, you know, things like that. I think, like, you look at them and especially look at Microsoft, they're they're not doing anything to say we're going to take away something for you. Like, for instance, I can't play NCAA football 14 on my Xbox series X because of copyright issues with contracts, right? They're not allowed to bring that game forward and allow it. But if I have an Xbox 360 to this day, I can go to the store or I can go to the marketplace and I believe still buy those games um, and download them and have it like about the only one I can even think of that's had issues with that over time has been things like rock band and, um, Guitar yeah. Hero. I was thinking of DJ Hero too. Yeah. Uh, they kind of shut down mm-hmm. online stuff. And once they do that, I mean, it is what it is. But what I love about Psycho, you may not remember the last email he sent via Discord, but it just, this kind of stuff happens. We get to thinking about some things and it's almost like an extra piece of news. So thank you, Psycho, for that. Um, we got one from Huck today. Huck MS sent one today. And I like this one as well. Uh, what's a game? This is a question for all of us, boys. What's a game that you thought you'd never play? Maybe even talk smack about it, but ended up enjoying it when you gave it a shot. My nephew got me to switch out of PUBG and into Fortnite. This was even after he wasn't allowed to play anymore. I kept on because I enjoyed it so much. If we need to, we also can expand this into movies, shows, books, food, whatever. And Huck says to all of us, game on. So game on to Huck and thank you for that. Um, I'll lead off, boys if you don't mind, and I'll simply say World of Warcraft. I didn't play that game till Mr. Pandaria. I thought it was Nerd City. I also thought there was no way I'm going to play that game. I'm too far behind. Blah, 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 blah. And I love that game to the point where I'm getting text messages from a friend and I'm thinking about playing tonight because I can go get a mount, you know? Love a good mount. (laughs) I do love a... John, like, love a good mount, dude. Kirby. I think um, the Souls games would be that for me. Like when I remember, this was when me and John were living together. Our other roommate Ryan. No, that was that never that that's only alleged. We don't we didn't live together. Our other roommate Ryan uh, was the first one to get um, was uh, to was get it Demon Souls. Yeah, to get the the original Demon Souls, and he let me borrow it, and yeah. I played it for about twenty minutes. And I said, nope. And I said, I, I do not like this at all because I mean, everyone forgets back in those game, like the best you were getting was 30 frames per second. And a lot of times it was like dropping down to 15 and you know, all that kind of stuff. And I just thought like, there were a lot of pretentious like quotes I'd hear from souls fans where like, you're like, no, this is just an issue in this game. They're like, no, that's what the developer intended. Like, just, I'm like, come on, man, just admit no game is perfect. They all have faults, you know? And I, it drove me nuts, but then, um, I think it started to change when I finally played, uh, Bloodborne, right. And then going back and from Bloodborne, I started experimenting with some of the dark souls and I would get far, but I wouldn't beat him. And then finally Sekiro really got far in that still didn't beat it. And then now Elden Ring kind of got me full on the idea of, okay, 
these guys make great games. I really like what they do, even if I can't always stomach, you know, to uh, to beat it. John, do you got one in mind? Yeah, I mean, kind of in the same vein as you, Sean. Um, I I looked at my wife playing Diablo three for years, and it just never looked good to me. But as soon as I got my hands on it, yeah, it was it was go time. And that game is delicious. Uh, yeah, and, and as far as a genre, it can, it's concerned. If I can kind of stretch it to a genre, the turn based Japanese RPG was not really. It never looked even it looked boring as f to me but as soon as i got my hands on games like octopath and dragon quest and all that stuff i was like well this is nice let's play more um so yeah and 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 i can also iterate uh souls games never really appealed to me in general but Mm -hmm. you know once i think but i think it was sekiro that kind of added that okay i get this now and it's made me want to expand to Bloodborne and 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 Elden Ring and other stuff. So, I'll okay. give you a bonus, Huck. Uh, you said we could expand into shows, books, movies, food, whatever. Uh, one of mine is is you can see it behind me now on Twitch. I got Harry Potter stuff everywhere. I was so late to that game. I remember mm-hmm. the movie coming out. I watched the movie and thought, "What is this trash?" I, I fell asleep. You know why and, I went and saw the first one. He had the first trailer for Clone Wars or That's Attack right. of the Clones, the breathing trailer. That's <sighs> right. I remember that. But now you fast forward to now, I can't get enough of anything Harry Potter. So there you go. Did you watch Dumbledore yet? Mm, no. I did that we don't, yesterday. We don't. It's on HBO Max now. Oh, is it? How was it? It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and the I really, I really pop. like uh, Jacob Kowalski. He's a good Jacob character. Kowalski's good. Yeah, good. he's a good guy. <laughs> the uh, the greatest contribution to this uh, this part of the show we title emails uh, is the final Discord email I'm going to read. That is from Acid Sugar. The email is one word, and that word is dichotomy. <laughs> True. <laughs> So there you go. Uh, we're not done yet. We're close to being done. We're close to being done. Uh, we just want to remind you, we do have a Twitter out there. You can follow us at Weekly Games Chat on the Twitter. Uh, let me see why this page looks funny. Why can't I see things? What is happening right now? Are you? Let's make sure we account? don't have any uh, of those notifications, those mentions, if you will. Uh, shout out to uh, Lucy. Yeah, we're all good. Last week we did not uh stream, and you asked if we were okay. We're good. We're good. Uh, I laughed out loud to Psycho's GIF uh, when we announced no show last week, and it was from uh, what's the guy's name with a mustache? And uh, that show I won't watch. Ron Swanson, maybe. Oh yeah, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Yeah. Uh, and to uh, DeHoffa, we are not giving you a double header. We just decided to start late the next week. It's probably fine. Every, everything's fine. Uh, let's go see if we've got any new followers. We do uh, at VHS forever. Forever. That's exactly right. Uh, you are here. I love your uh, your your. Uh, your little picture, your icon. It is a Star Wars related thing. That's dope. 
Uh, and you say you're here for this crazy journey called life. Thank you for following us. We just followed you back. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and call that a show, huh? This has been episode 358. Uh, the show was about Ghostwire Tokyo and other things. So there's that. Thank you so much for listening and watching us on twitch.tv. Next time, why don't you join us? Uh, wherever you download our show from any of the podcast places you choose to, please leave us a review, tell your friends about it, and all that good stuff. Uh, just a reminder to send us an email. You can do so weeklygameschat at gmail.com. If you want to see us on Twitter, it's at weeklygameschat. And then, of course, you can join the world's greatest Discord community. We are awesome. Uh, and with that, I'll look to my friends Chris and John, and I'll look uh, at both of you into your eyes, and I will tell you, game on Chris and game on John. Game on Sean and game on John. Game on Sean, game on Chris. Peace out, everybody. Your mom's box. Thug life. Kirby. Kirby.